started. This is a big man. Or Hashem. Well, you need to be. You need to, you need to up your game. That helps a lot. All right. Good evening. Today we're learning Maseches Bava Kamadaf Lamed Ches. Baruch Hashem, there are some relatively easy halachic gemaras followed by an agadata. My gosh, what mesechta are we in? This is like Megillah. It's a Hanukkah miracle, that's right. Hanukkah miracle. We're starting at the Mishnah toward the bottom of Lamed Zayin Amud Beis. We're two-thirds of the way down. And here we're discussing different kind of damages, not between a regular person and another regular person, but let's say a regular person and, and hektish or a regular person person and a goy, or a regular person and a kusi, who we're not sure if they're geirim, geirim emes, or they're really geirim arayos from the word lions, that they really... So we're going to navigate a lot of those, and the Gemara interjects, seemingly out of the blue, the Gemara interjects a number of agaratas. Let's get started. The Mishnah writes, Shor shal Yisrael shenagach, Shor shal hektish. Now it's not interpersonal anymore. It's me and the and a shore of the Beis Hamikdash. Veshel hektish shenagach la shor shal hediot in both directions. Alach is pater. Shenemar shor reehu velo shor shal hektish. Whenever we're we're interacting with a shor shal hektish, the din is that uh, there's a tour. Nobody pays. Everybody's done. It's just because of shor reehu, shor reehu. It's only interpersonal between friends, but not between me and hektish, and not between hektish and me. Was trying to say that Hegdish is not your friend. Basically, that's uh, one way to put it. Yeah, that's, that's very. That was like my Michael, my dad kind of line. It's men of a similar generation. <laughs> but you're younger than my father I, by a couple of years, I presume. <laughs> I mean, in this room, that's true. Yeah, we are never going to get through this daf. It's uh, too festive. This Hanukkah is a uh, we're a spirited group. So the second case that the Mishnah deals with this, what about a goy? Shor shel Yisrael shenogach l'shor shel kenani. Here the uh, the defusim yeshanim have the word nachri. We know, of course, that elements of shas were censored over the years, um, and that is a problem. So we really should be learning it the right way. And then he adds in in the footnote, he says, v'chein v'chol hasugya. Every time we see the word kenani here, it's nachri. That's what he just corrects it, like just blanketly corrects it which from the censorship perspective, we understand, but to make sure that we're academically learning the text just the right way, we're going to read whatever's in front of us, but we should just know that Knani here means a Nachri, means a Goy. So let's say I have an interpersonal damage with a Goy. So what about the other way? What if a Goy was Shonagach L'Shor Shal Yisrael? Says the Mishnah, How are you of him? He's a Goy, he doesn't come to Bezdim with you. All of the complexity is fine. But Medina, a goy that damages me, he's obligated to pay me with a shore. We don't even assume that the animal's tam. Bain tam, bain muad, it doesn't matter. The dinis says the Mishnah state that he is chayab nesek shor. going to say soon follows that's, that's trouble. That's, we'll see, we'll see. This, there's a, a lot of, yeah, yeah. there are a lot of complexities in this Mishnah. It seems easy at the outset, mm -hmm. but uh, it's a, not such a Pasha Mishnah. And the Gemara opens three lines before the wide lines, 12 lines or so before the bottom of the page on Lamed Zayin and as follows. Mas and Shimon ben Manasya. Our uh, anonymous Mishnah certainly was not authored by Rav Shimon ben Manasya. Why not? Because the Tanya, we have a brisa. The brisa reads, Shor shall shor shall The brisa reads that if you have um, a regular person's animal and it gores a shor shall hektish, and to your point here, the brisa uses the right language. You get right. This is a, a raya for you. Mm -hmm. And shor shor This is basically a quote of our Mishnah. It's, it's mamish like word for word for word. 
But our Mishnah didn't have a dissenting opinion. Yet here, look at the dissenting opinion. Reb Shimon ben Menasya Omer, here we go. Shor shal hektish shenogach, shor shal hedrach patr, v'shal hedrach shenogach, shor shal hektish. But if my animal damages a shor shal hektish, bein tam, bein muad meshalem, nezik shalem. So what do we see over here? We see that the tour of Shor Ehu doesn't apply when I, as a head yote, when my animal damages hektish. I'm chayef to pay nezik shalem. That means, and the first Nakud of our Gemara, is that our mission is certainly not authored by Rav Shimon ben Manasya. Ten lines from the bottom. Amre Maikas of Rav Shimon. I don't understand Rav Shimon Shita. E Re'ehu Dafka. If the word Re'ehu, Shor Re'ehu Amar Achmana, if the word Re'ehu was really meant to be inferred from, then I don't understand. If any interaction with Hektish was meant to be excluded from the word Re'ehu, then why would you be putter? And why would you be putter? Why wouldn't you be putter in all cases? And if the word re'ehu was a loose terminology, let's just call it lashon bnei adam. So then, one way or the other, you're, you're splitting a hair that you should not be splitting. If we have shor re'ehu, and re'ehu is meant to be inferred that any negicha that involves a uh, that involves hektish. If you're saying that it's not included in Re'ehu, then everything should be putter. Don't tell me half seas, that it's only putter in one direction of damage, but not the other. Don't say that. And if Re'ehu is not Dafka, then everyone should be Chayib. So what is this opinion of Rav Shem And if you want to say, really, Re'ehu is Dafka, and really there should be no Chayyuvim at all. Maybe perhaps we could argue that when a Hedyot when my animal gore is a hectic animal, the reason why we're saying we're mechaev is because because we have a kalvachomer that indicates as much. So really, re'ehu is dafka and I should be putter. But for an unrelated reason, not because of shor re'ehu, for an unrelated reason, if I as a hedyo damage the animal of hectic, I am chayev. Why? What's the kalvachomer? Four lines from the bottom. my hedyo shenogach shall hedyo chayev, just like a hedyo that damages the shore of a hedyo is chayev, it's a little bit of an odd call because the whole premise of our Gemara is that hektish is not the same as hedyot. So you can't make a call and say, well, I mean, if two hedyotos, if they're shvarim are no geach one another, they have to pay. Well, then certainly if it's a, no, hektish is a different bracket. It's not, it's not apples and oranges. It's apples and, and a baseball bat. They're totally unrelated to one another. So this Kalvachomer is very weird. The Gemara doesn't even like it. Says the Gemara, uh, okay, uh, I'll give you a little bit. But if you're going to make that comparison, if you want to say that just like by Hedjot to Hedjot, there's damages, so like, all the more so by Hedjot to Hektish, then what is the punishment by Hedjot to Hedjot? Thomas Chatzinezek. So then, Malaholan Tam Chatzinezek, Kachanami Chatzinezek. If Rav Shimon ben Manasseh is saying that the reason why I'm Chayev, if I'm a hedgehog and my animal damages Hektish, is because of a Kalvachomer, so then from the start of the Kalvachomer, from hedgehog to hedgehog, what's the punishment of Tam? Chatzinezek. But Rav Shimon ben Manasseh says, Nezek Shalim, even if you want to say the Kalvachomer, the Kalvachomer doesn't hold up water, it doesn't work. Because then, then the punishment is wrong. According to Rav Shimon ben Manasseh, that can't be his Marimako. Ella says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom, El Amrish Lakish. Really, any uh, type of damage in regards to a muad, of course, should be nezek shalim. And when we see the word re'ehu, and this is very important, when it says shor re'ehu, that's taught in the psukim by an animal that's docile only. It's not written by, by a muad. It's only written by a... By a tam. So then, Re'ehu, who the tam Meshalim Chatzinezek, Mechlal de Hektish, when it comes to Hektish, Bein Tam Bein Muad Meshalim Nezek Shalim. That's an inference that we make from the fact that Re'ehu is only written 
by Tom. And therefore, we have this lower bracket of Hedyot, which is where we have rules of Tom. And we have this upper bracket of Hektish, where, no, everything is going to be Nezek Shalom. That's what the Gemara says. Turning to the top of Lamed Ches, Lamed Aleph, because as the Gemara says, You should have written the word Re'ehu by Mu'at. Why didn't you write it by Mu'at? You only wrote it by Tom. So it comes to teach you that when you're dealing with a regular case of Tom, yes, absolutely, Re'ehu, that's when we exclude. But once you once you kick things up a notch, you're dealing with Hektish now, you can't say Tom anymore, then everything is going to be. So that's how Shimon Manasya could uh, have a valid Shita, although he's certainly not the author of our Mishnah. All right, let's talk about some uh, some people who are not of the faith. Shor shel Yisrael shenogach, shor shel kenani potter, like we said in our Mishnah, the Gemara says, Amre mimanavshach, I do not understand. And the same argument that we gave earlier, if the word re'ehu, of shor re'ehu, is meant to leave an inference that the only time there's a chiyuv is when we are re'im, and that therefore if you're a goy and we're not re'im, therefore uh, there should be total pturim, then how does our Mishnah state a chiyuv in any case at all? By a going. That's, that should not happen. If Re'ehu was intentional to say that any interactions with a goy are pater, then you should be pater in that case where a goy uh, animal gores a Jew's animal. And if Re'ehu was not meant to be inferred from that a goy is precluded from any financial predicaments, then you can't, you can't have it both ways. If you hold of the drush of Shorei Ehu, then everything of the world of Goyim should be putter. And if you don't hold of Re'ehu, then everything in the world of a Goyim should be Chayim. But you can't have that when I damage a Goyim putter, but when he damages me, it's Nezek Shalim. Pick one. You're either holding of the Svara, of the drush of Re'ehu, or you're not. So the Gemara says five lines down, the Pasuk says, What was this Pasuk talking about? What, what was seen? That Sheva Mitzvah Shekibul Alein B'nei Noach. The seven Noahide laws, we know that there are seven, uh, seven Noahide laws that all people uh, in the world are supposed to keep. Most of them are fairly obvious, but the world is fairly crazy. <laughs> but Eber Minachai, Birkas Hashem, Gezel, Giloy Arayas, Din, Hereg, and Avodah the way to remember it is Aleph Beis Gimel Gimel Dalit Hevav. That's it. That's a, a, an easy acronym to remember. So that's again, Avraham Achai's Aleph Beis is Birkas Hashem. They can't blaspheme. Uh, Gimel, the first one is Gazel. The second one is Gilores. Dalit is Din. You have to have a court system. Hey is Hereg, and the Vav is Ve Avodazar. Stickle cheating on the Vav, but it works to, for the memory banks. I had a family call me five six years ago. Hello, Shalom, Rabbi. Would love you to do a circumcision for my uh, child. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Congratulations. By the way, are you Jewish? No, but we are observant of the seven Noahide laws. Um, we believe in the Bible. We know that we're non-Jews, and we know that our obligations only extend to these seven laws. However, we would like to have a circumcision in accordance with the covenant of Abraham, which is their Lashon B'nai Adam. It's the way they talk. Okay, I, I'm happy to help. The baby's a guy. I'm not wearing a talis. I'm not making a bracha. The baby's a guy. Actually, it's not a guy. Everyone's chayv and shavu mitzvahs b'nei noach. You're only special because you're keeping them. But everybody has the same. But yeah, you're you're a zero. You're not a year. You're not a nothing. You're not the baby's a guy. I got there and there was a chabad rav at the bris. I'm like man, I went over to the rav privately. I'm like shalom aleichem. What are you doing here? He says I have a chavrusa with this person. I'm like, why do you have a chavrusa with a ben noach? He said the Lubavitcher Rebbe held there was a mitzvah of Kiruv. Because they have to keep seven mitzvahs, our job is to be marbekvot shamayim. And even by a goy, if you can be makariv them to keep the seven, seven mitzvahs of B'nai Noach, you are doing outreach. 
I never heard of such a thing at the time. A half of a fella. It's true. It's the real deal. I said, isn't there a priority for Yidin? He said, yeah, there's a priority. I'm like, oh, what are you doing here? Go, to, go back to the basement. <laughs> go put on tefillin in uh, Times Square somewhere. Okay. Anyways, fun story. So anyways, the Gemara says, why over here in this case, in regards to the Ben Noach, why is it that we're saying that they're potter? Because they, um, these people were not uh, keeping the halacha properly. So what happened? He made it that uh, the Jews don't have to pay them when there are damages. Meaning, really, we do hold of re'ehu. We do. You're a guy, you're a potter. <clears throat> but because the guy and we're not keeping the shepherd, we, uh, we made a shtick that you're not, we don't have to pay you anymore because you're not keeping the, you're not keeping the din of shepherd. Fascinating. The Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan Amar Mehacha, there's another Pasuk, Hofia Mehar Paran, Mi Paran Hofia, from Paran, we uh, reveal Mamon and Israel. We make it so that the non-Jews who damage Jews, let's say the, the Nachri shore damages the Yid shore, the Allah is a, uh, other way, sorry, that if the Yid shore damages the Nachri shore, that I don't have to pay. So Tupsukim, Tanya Namihachi, 10 lines down, the Brisa brings uh, both of these Shitas actually. The Brisa says, Shor shall Yisrael shenogach shor shall Kanani pater. That if my animal is nogach agoy, then it's pater. But shor shall Kanani shenogach shor shall Yisrael, as we saw in our Mishnah, bein tam bein muad, meshalim nezek shalim, that uh, a goy would have to pay me nezek shalim, shenemar, because of the Pasuk we saw, Madbaimodid Eretz Rabbi Yisrael Goyim, that he wasn't keeping the Sheva Mitzvah, Benenach, Veomer. And then the Brisa adds in Rav Yochanan, which makes our Gemara very weird. Why did, Rab, why did it say, and Rav Yochanan gave another answer? No, it's a Brisa. So the Chor Rav Yochanan didn't have the Brisa because otherwise he never would have said this. It must have just not been in his uh, in his library. And the uh, Omer, the Pasuk says, second of the wide lines, my Omer. Why? Again, we're only asking within the Brisa because the Amorayim would just be Stam and Machlokas, but the Brisa, what? The Gemara before said, Amar Behitim Amayim Yisrael. In Yeshua's time, what did they have the wood chapters, what's it called? And they, he still, uh, and he still accepted them. Even though, uh, because we made a, we made an agreement, we held our part of the agreement, even though they didn't hold their part of the agreement. The Hebrew Gemara goes opposite. Uh, since the going didn't hold their thing, so so we're letting them out. No, generally eaten when we make. A... No, that's not what it means. It means that if I damage a goy, really I should be chayev to pay them. But the Gemara is saying now that we're no longer chayev to pay the goy if we damage them. Really, Re'ehu precludes any interactions between me and a goy. Really, I should be. I should be chayev. I really should be chayev to pay the goy. But because they weren't keeping keeping shemitz then I don't have to pay you anymore if you're a goy and I damage you. That was what happened. It was a slap on the wrist for them. You're not doing your job for shemitz then I don't have to pay you anymore. That was what the Gemara says was the din and the price. We weren't being nice to them. They're, they they would lose out whenever we damaged them. I, I'm not. We weren't allowed to damage them. I'm just saying. But if it happened, you'd, and they'd say, "Well, you're chayv to like, no, do you keep shemitz benenoch? Yes or no? If you keep them, I'm chayv to pay you. If you don't, I'm not chayv to pay you." See, like in the present Israeli government, many times when we held deals with the Arabs, they didn't hold their part, but we held our, our part, even though they didn't hold their part. We went one step above. It's not like the war today. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got a fat blot of Gemara ahead of us. This we can't do now, but I we can. We can do. We can do it later. Yeah. So the Gemara says, Maiva Omer, why do we need both Mari Makomos, third line of the wide lines? Because Vachitema, if you want to say want to say that Hai Omad Vaimodid Eretz Mi Baile Lichadir of Masna, Uchadir of Yosef, these two Amoraim, and we'll soon see what they learned, they learned that first Pasuk differently. 
They didn't learn that first pasuk as a matir that we no longer have to pay the goy. So if that's true, if you want to say that that first drasha is like the limud of Rav Masna or of Yosef, and therefore it's not available for the drasha to say that I'm no longer chayef to pay when I damage a goy, fine, toshma, therefore we have another pasuk, one way or the other, the Bryce is going to cover all of its bases, that we do not have to pay a goy when we damage them in regards to a case of a short. So says the Gemara, what were those other limudim of Rav Masna and Rav Yosef? So says the Gemara, a third of the way down, my de Rav Masna, the case of Rav Masna, what? Dama Rav Masna, same Pasuk, so what was the Pasuk talking about? What was seen? That the Sheva Mitzvos, Ra, Sheva Mitzvos, Sheva Mitzvos, Shenit Stavalen, Bnei Noach, Kaimum, they were not keeping them. But, whereas in the previous Drasha we said, and therefore we don't have to pay them when we damage them, here, Ahmad Vehigle Osame Alad Mosem, they were kicked off their land. So therefore, the Pasuk's not being learned to say that you're putter from payment. That's why we needed the Ve'omer. So that's why Rav Masna had a little bit of a different thing. How do we know that the word in the Pasuk of Yeser teaches a language of Igluye, a language of kicking them off of their land, of exiling? Says the Gemara halfway down, or just about, And the words, To jump from your land. Like kofates in Hebrew is to jump, so to jump from the land. So that was the Maramakam of Rav Masna, that he learned the Pasuk of Ahmad differently than the way we initially learned it. And Maida Rav Yosef, how did he learn that Pasuk differently? They weren't keeping it. And Ahmad, and then it seemingly says that the Sheva Mitzvahs were no longer obligatory upon them. I don't know how that works mechanically. Isn't that a dindo raisa for them to keep thought? Well, the no, no. The Gemara here is saying it's very hard to understand this Gemara, and it's going to question it in a minute. But the Gemara is saying that that when a, when the goyim in this kufa of history were not keeping the sheva mitzvos bnei noach that he tirum, then we removed whatever this means. We removed their obligation to keep the sheva mitzvos bnei noach. to us their no, it's not talking about money. It's, it's it's saying that they that they no longer had to keep them. Then the Gemara at challenges it's Gure Iska, you're rewarding them. <laughs> you just made their uh, I'm not listening to your rules. Fine, I'll take away the rule. You know, like, like that that's not Yeah. That's gonna come up in the Gemara in a second, actually. That's true. That's the answer of the Gemara. But the Gemara is actually bothered right now, which is what do you mean? You just I, I'm trying to imagine in my home. Or like my parents are like, please go clean your room. And I'm like, no. And they're like, fine, you don't need to, sweetheart. That's the third time you said no, no clean. <laughs> yeah, no, and my that would not have worked in my home. No. So says the Gemara, but this is not reasonable. You're, you're saying that they don't just have, don't have to keep the Shev Mitzvah. That's crazy. In Kain Matsinu, Chote Niskar. One of my favorite lines. I use this as a parent all the time when we're deciding what consequences to give. If I tell my child I'm giving them a consequence, I can't dissolve it. I can't. In my bones, I can't. Not because I'm a good parent, but because I have a hang-up of Chote Niskar. And I'm like, no, no, you need your consequence because otherwise you are a Chote Niskar. Then you benefited from your crimes. So the Gemara says, this is Chote Niskar. That even if they were to do them, no, you've lost the schar. The punishment was the schar, not the Misa. God, that's the whole beauty of beauty of Torah. The mitzvahs themselves are beautiful. And the schar for them is uh, Leilu Leila, but they're going to lose out on their schar. 
They're not going to get them even if they do it. Says the Gemara, Velo, is that true? If there's a non-Jew, and he's learning Torah, some of our brains should be, uh, some alarms should be going off in our head right now. We don't teach, we don't teach Goyim Torah. I will learn a Tosas in, in a couple minutes. Talmud Lomar, how do we know that they are like a Kohen? Because the Pasuk says, Asher Yase Adam Yase Osam Ha'adam V'chai Bohem. The Pasuk says that any human who learns Torah, they are on that level. What do we see from Yeshua? So what do you mean that the guy who's keeping mitzvahs doesn't get schar? That's not true. The guy who learns Torah is treated like a coin gadol. He gets schar. So you can't tell me that what it meant when it said that he tirum, that they don't have to keep the Shavim Mitzvah is that they have no schar. Pasha, that they're going to get schar. The Maisa is a good Maisa. You're doing something good. The Gemara says, Amrei, What it means is that their level of schar is reduced. The only short interruption. So Adam in this Gemara implies that goes on non-Jews? Anyone. Just the word Adam, God, you're familiar with the fails? With what? Okay. With, I didn't hear what you said. I don't know, it'll take too long. Okay, we'll talk later. So that's what the Gemara says, is that, uh, of course there's schar. So it says the Gemara, their schar is reduced. We know that Gadol HaMetzuvah V'oseh, Me'enu Metzuvah V'oseh. We're Yidin. We were given... We, okay, I don't even know what you're talking about. So, okay. Okay, you go do your thing. Just talk to yourself. I'll get you a mirror and you can just finish your conversation. <laughs> so says the Gemara that these people, when it says Vihitirim, that they could no longer get the Schar of Metzuvah V'oseh. They could only get the Schar of the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach Ela Kimi She'enu Metzuvah V'oseh. To Amar Abchanina, Godla HaMetzuvah V'oseh, Yosir Mimi She'enu Metzuvah V'oseh. Beautiful thing to be able to fulfill a mitzvah and get more Schar because you were commanded. That's when the Yetzirah kicks up. That's like the famous board when somebody has no Yetzirah and everything's so easy. L'chor, they're going. You know, yeah, just like we're not. I know that I'm a Yid. I can tell. I can feel it. I, I just have a big Yetzirah. You know, it's, it's Pashat. It's not ABCs. But when someone, I, no, relax with the compliments. Get your mirror back. You were doing good before. So that that's really the hard part is, uh, is that we have to, against our nature like either i tonight i said to one of my children please go get a placemat fleshik 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 cereal and milk so my child bless his heart no he gets a, a small little coffee table drags it across the house and scratches my wood floor gets a folding chair and sits down and says i'll do it this way because he's normal it's good stuff <laughs> because he's normal he has it's a heart to not listen to his parents good now he's a yid i know he's a yid all right, Tan Rabban at the two dots, two thirds of the way down. Tan Rabban on the Bryce Arad Zukar Shalcha Malchus Romi. They sent from Rome Shnei Sardiotos, two officers, Eitzel Chachme Israel, and they said, Lim Dunu Toraschem. And they acquiesced. Karu Vishanu Vishilshu. They went through Shas with them three times, says the Balea Tosvos, two Tosvosim from the bottom. Karu Vishanu Vishilshu Vim Tomer Vamir Mechagiga. Hamalami Tor Lobe Kochavim over Beasei. The Magid Varov Liyakov. Can't teach Torah to a guy. Call him Alami Torah Der Chayv Misa. I think the Rambam quotes that Ladina. It says the Gemara Vishlomar Debal Korcho Asu. It must be that they forced him to do Al Pitibri Amalchus. But you're not obligated to give up your life. It's a Mitzvah Saseh. You're not obligated to give up your life to do that. Inami Asu Atzmam Gerim. Perhaps they actually uh, converted Kedamar Besifri, Deparsha Af Chovev Amim, that they were ones who were beloved of the nation. And there the Medrash seemingly at least implied from here says that these were converts from Rome 
who were uh, learning some stark Torah. And they went through everything. We'll see the connection soon to our Gemara. They learned all. It doesn't say what time frame it is. I would be curious how long it took them. But it says they learned everything three times. And then the Gemara says, On the way out, the Romans said to, to the Rabbanim, We've learned everything in your Torah, in detail. The MSU. And your Torah is MS, except for one din that we learned today. Shatem Omrim, Shor Sha Israel Shinogach, Shor Shal Knani Potter, Shor Knan Shal Knani Shinogach, Shor Shal Israel, Bain Tam Bain Mud, Mishalim Nezik Shalim. And the Goy says to the Yid, the classic Mimon of Shach. <laughs> just imagine the scene on the plane, excuse me, sir, Mimon of Shach. I'm just not, I don't understand what you're saying. So the Goy said to the Yid, or if they were Gerim, Mimon of Shach, this line makes no sense. Same question we saw above, actually. If the word re'ehu is dafka, then afilu de kanani Israel potter. You should be potter across the boards. You can't pick and choose. And ve'ire'ehu lab dafka, if re'ehu doesn't exclude goyim from the regular dinim of shore, so then afilu de Israel kinagach de kanani lechayev. The davar zeh, said the Romans, ain anu modino salamachus. We're not going to tell this to the Romans because they're going to be very upset that you made this distinction. That when we damage you, we have to pay nezik shalim. But when you damage us, you're potter. They knew it was a, it's that kind of din that like when it's unearthed, it, it has a bad, doesn't smell good, doesn't feel good. So, so they, I mean, the applications of Ava are not really like that. The applications of Ava is where we're makil on an iser because of Ava. So for example, Hatzalah has to answer phone calls from non-Jews on Shabbos. They could, could have called 911, but they didn't. They called Hatzalah. When I was on Atzal in the Heights, every once in a while. I didn't take any Shabbos calls when I was there, but the guys there who took Shabbos calls, they happened all the time because our response time was 20 times faster in New York City. People called Hatzalah all the time. I'd say a quarter of the patients were Hispanic wow. in the Heights, whatever the numbers were. It was, it was a wild number because they found out. <laughs> and they know that you never were good at this stuff. But Mishum Eva, you're allowed. So that's an override in regards to existing din. But the establishment of the din is never built out of Eva. It's just an override. I believe that's... Correct. How you execute a halacha may change because of Ava. It's an afterthought. It's not the. It's not what, the name ride the Hatzalah cars on Shabbos now? Not here. Here we have Yiddin. No, no. I, I think in, in New York. Not when I was there. The, okay, now yeah. I think they have time. Yeah, it could be. Could be. I don't know. Not when I was there, right? That's a true. That's Igris Moshe writes. You can drive your car back after an emergency. Cool. No, uh, no, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, at all. Uh, if you emotionally, let him drive back. He's not going to take. He's not going to take the next call, and that's because nefashos, right? So the Ramosha finds the answer true about that. Okay, let's get into some agaritas. Says the Gemara, eight lines from the bottom. Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda Shchiva leberata nebach. Shmuel Bar Yehuda lost a daughter. Amru le Rabbanan leula. The rabbi said to Ula, "Kum nezel ninchamel." We're going to go uh, be be menachem avil. Ula clearly wasn't a fan. Why would I ever go give Nechama to Babylonians? Says Rashi. They are blasphemers of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. How are they blasphemers of a Kodesh Baruch Hu? What could I do? Ula didn't like that. You could have done something. You didn't do something. What are you saying? If you would have lived your life differently, then you would. Then the kid, would, this is what this is being asserted. <laughs> she would have lived your life differently. Maybe maybe she wouldn't have died at that age in that setting, whatever the case may be. It sounds like a stark pushback. Anyway, we don't know who this person is, but the person who approached Ula, because the line just said, Amr Rabban and Ula, went by himself. Amr uh, to give some comfort to the Avelim, he said the following thing, a little bit of a long drush up. 
And then from here on, we're going to be talking about uh, the daughters of Lot. Let's see what's going on here. By Yomer Hashem al Moshe al Tetzar es Moab al Tiskar ba Milchama. Bechima ala al Daito shel Moshe lasos Milchama shelo Bershus. How could Moshe ever start a war without permission? Ela nasa Moshe kal v'chomer ba'atzmo mir kal v'chomer. Omar u'mamid yonim shelo ba ela Lazar es Moab. The Midianites who only were there to support. They were a supporting army. They weren't the front army to support Moab. Amra Torah there the pasuk says to Rosh Midianim v'hikisemo. Some you should kill them. Turning to the top of Lamachetz midbeis, but Moab ba'atzmo. Beautiful Svara by Moshe. Moshe said, if, if you want me to kill the backup army, Pasha, you want me to kill the primary army. So Amar Lo HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and this is a big Musa for us when we think we understand things, we usually don't, says the Gemara, Lo Kesha Alsa Al Daitcha, Alsa Al Daiti. The way that you think isn't the way that I think. In this case, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's omniscient, he knows so much more than we do in, in breadth and depth and time and space that we don't have any anything like that. So he, what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu tell Moshe? You can't fight them. You can't fight Moab. There are two um, birds or fowls, a reference to two, to do, to two women. Uh, there are two women who I need to extract from Moab. Who are they? Look at the nations. Moab and Ammon. How were those nations created? The older daughter cohabited with Lot on night number one, and then she named the generation Moab. And the younger daughter cohabited with him and conceived the next night and named the next gen- uh, next named the next generation Amon. So says the Gemara Valod Varim Kalbachomer. Because the Kaddish Baruch Hu knew that these two gems of women would be emanating from uh, Moab and Ammon, Rus and Naama, respectively, then Chasa Kaddish Baruch Hu And therefore, Kaddish Baruch Hu told us not to destroy Moab and Ammon. Bito shall Rebbe, your daughter, he says to Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Im if she hadn't already taken out all of the good, she's already extracted. The way it's, it's framed in the Gemara is not written in a way that we would ever say it, but it's just not. But the Nakuda is right. And we say this sometimes. Look what she accomplished in her short life is the politically correct way to say what he's saying. He's saying she wouldn't be dead if there was more good to come from her. That's just. It's not the nice way to talk. But the Gemara is saying that Nakuda, that was the Divrei Nechama that was given to Shmuel Bar Yehuda. Yikes. I just got to hear. Right, you guys have all seen the videos of what not to say to Shiva House? I hope you guys saw it. I heard there was a Givaldic insurance policy. You know, these like terrible, these terrible, cold, crass. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. But I, I can tell you, I sat, I sat Shiva for my brother and People are people are the most well-intended and the things, because they're nervous and uncomfortable, the things that fall out of their mouth, they don't always land well. I was just giving a course this week and one of the things that I taught on the course is you have to measure your intent and your impact when you speak. It was a parenting course. Once told me that. I, I think it may have been an actual course that you taught the impact a little bit. Mm-hmm. Any sentence that begins with the word at least yeah. should not be uttered. Yeah. At least you lived a long life. At least you didn't yeah. No, no qualification. Correct. But again, I, I just want to say, because I don't want anyone to feel bad about it. It's perfectly well intended. It's not like they have a bad bone in their body when they say it's just people are, it's like nervous energy and they say things, they're like foaming at the mouth, you know? Yeah. He didn't speak at all. He didn't even say Makuminachim. Which was ironic because now like that's the whole spitz of going to Pesha. You don't, there's no... Apparently, it's not found in the Rishonim. 
I don't, I don't even know what the earliest marimokum is, but I, it's not a requirement to say. We make our kids say, well, whatever, it's, it's the right thing to do in our culture. But if you're getting technical, it's actually not a requirement. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's go. Says the Gemara, eight lines down. Kodesh does not withhold reward from any creature. Even one simple conversation. What's an example of this? The older daughter who cohabited with Lot called her child Moab, which very much so sounds like from her father, right? Sounds like Me'av. It's a war that you cannot have with them. But you are allowed to tax them. You are allowed to, you know, not be as nice to them as you would to a people that you're very close to. The younger daughter, the Ka'amra, Ben Ami, the son of my nation, which is a little more modest, granted, on the backdrop of a terribly immodest activity. Without the word milchama, meaning, So even a sikhana, and the Mishnah is about this also, that when a person is asi sadin, that even, even a conversation is going to be measured, it's going to be something that we're held accountable for. Halfway down. The older daughter was rewarded for doing her mitzvah first. Again, it's hard to call it a mitzvah, but she was rewarded. There was one generation difference out of the four generations, as we'll soon see, that the older daughter had as a benefit that the younger daughter did not. It was yet another generation, which was one of the children of Shlomo, until they were able to see the fruits of their life. That's when Naama was born. And back into some halachic gemaras. And we'll be stopping at the Mishnah Mir Tashem on the top of Lama Tesmadal. The Gemara says, We've spoken about a hedyod and hektish. We've spoken about a hedyod and a goy. Now we're talking about a kusi potter. So Rav Meir and the Tanakama argue about the chatzin nezek. Meaning, is if it's actual docile, if it's actual time, you pay chatzinezek. They just look at the realities on the ground. Reb Meir is more categorical and says it doesn't matter. It's always going to be nezek shalim. Lemeimra, is this to teach us to sell Reb Meir kusim geri arayos hein? Is that to say that according to Reb Meir kusim, the fact that we treat them like a goy and that they're chayav nezek shalim, doesn't that show you that these kusim are goyim and that they're geri arayos hein? That they converted because of lions. They converted out of fear. And a conversion out of fear is not a conversion. Even if you check all the boxes, mikvah, mila, you do everything right. But when you're terrified, that's, that doesn't mean you want to serve a Kodesh Baruch Hu. That just means you're scared. But that can't be to say that Rav Meir would hold that they're geri arayos hein. Why? Because Raminu, 12 lines from the bottom. Kolak all of the stains of a woman, meaning external droplets of dam of blood that come from the place from the place of Rekemar Tahor, and we assume that they're Goyim. Rabbi Yehuda that no, Rabbi Yehuda says uh, they actually might be uh, Jews who converted, so that we have to treat the blood as though they are actual Tameos. Mi ben Hanachrim Tahorim, Mi ben Yisrael, Umi ben Akusim. Uh, so it says the Gemara that if it's Mi ben Hanachrim for sure, it's going to be Tahor. Mi ben Yisrael, Umi ben Akusim, Rav Meir Mitame. What does that show you? If Rav Meir is Matame, the dam of Akusi, that means he thinks that she's a Yid. Because if you're a Goy, we don't, there's no dam nida by a Goy. No such thing. 
They have to be a yid. They have to have the level of tumah to have the level of kedusha. So that's what the Gemara is discussing. So Rav Meir says Pashat that he holds that they're actually uh, considered Jews. So therefore, the Gemara says you're absolutely right. What did Rav Meir hold? Rav Meir held in our original brisa. If we look back at the brisa, which is about two thirds of the way down, Rav Meir Omer he had said, "Ashor she Israel shenogach shor shel kusi is pater, but that a kusi is treated like a goy." And says the Gemara, why did we create a tour between us and them? Because we didn't want there to be transactions between the two groups. We didn't want them to get married. It's like Bishalakim. We don't want it's shelo hischasnu, but we don't want them to get married. That's not necessarily true because we have an example where we see that there was a knas that was applied, uh, not in the same vein. Says the Gemara, that there is a knas in those cases if a person has Tash Meshemid with one of those people. We should also make a knas that uh, there shouldn't be a knas on the Tash Meshemitah. We should make it that there's no interactions beyond what was already done. Don't add more interactions between them. We don't want, uh, we don't want people to to have relationships with the kusin. So Amar Abaye, no. Turning to the top of Lamitesimaral, as we head to the Mishnah Kadesh, there we're more concerned about the fact that the Yid is going to sleep with this person and have no slap on the wrist. That's worse than the concern of the interactions. They should get a punishment. Says But why don't you just take the money and at least give it to a uh, to Aniyim, don't give it to Kusim. Just dedicate the money and say, okay, you did this, you have to give $20 to Tzedakah, $100 to Tzedakah. Okay, you don't have to give it to them directly. You don't have to give it to the to the kusim. You can't do that because nobody's claiming the money. That's not that's not the slide. There's no chotein, there's no payment in that case. Because what if I don't give it? Who's claiming me? Nobody. The person that I owe the money to, in theory, should have been the person that he slept with. You should owe them money for sleeping with them. It says the Gemara, because of that, you're not allowed to dedicate the money to the Adnim. And therefore, because we were concerned about chotein niskar, then really, um, because we're concerned about chotein niskar, therefore, we have to make sure that if a man sleeps with the kusi, that he does actually, in fact, have to pay her. I felt that there's a concern of of communication, which we don't want them to communicate. We just say we're potter from paying. That's how Rav Meir um, uh, managed to balance all of these cases. We'll stop right here. Mir Tashem will pick up tomorrow night with Daf Lamates. I will be out of town, but still giving Shir live on Zoom on Wednesday night on time. Just going to be on Zoom. Mir Tashem, I don't know exactly what time I'll be back on Thursday. I'll let you know, but I'll keep you posted. I'm also not here for Shabbos. You're on, David Merzel. It's going to be great. Have a good night. Did you have a gift